welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. Welcome. Uh, no, we're in a series called uh, All In. And, uh, and man, what this series is all about uh, is that it's all about faith and uh, taking next steps. And so, uh, as we look at this series, I, I just want to share kind of, a, kind of a visionary verse. And what I shared last weekend is that my prayer is that God activates faith in your life. And what I want to talk about is the importance uh, of faith. You see, what we just witnessed are 11 people that took their next step of faith. Now, I want to share what God does with faith. One, it honors him. I'm going to show you that in Scripture. But the double blessing, not only does God honor and bless faith, but he uses faith to speak and bless others. Amen? And that through these stories, I guarantee you, there's a story in there that you say, man, I get it. I get where he's coming from. I get where she's coming from. So listen, this is why faith is important. Read with me Hebrews 11, verse 6. And this is really the heartbeat of the series. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. How many of us would say we want to walk in the blessing and the favor of God? Amen? You just saw it right there that we walk by faith, not by sight, and God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And so I've shared it many times that we are good news people in a bad news world. Amen? And so this is a really, really big season in the life of our church is that we are corporately taking our next step as we have rented this facility. We've been one church in one location. We are planting a new church in Wilkeson County. We are looking at purchasing and renovating a new facility, and we're going to give 10% away to fostering adoption in our community. Now, now we've set a big goal for that. We want to reach $100,000 by November 12th. And I want you to know how our church is responding in faith. Our church is giving generously. Young families that are just starting out, they're putting on yard sales. They're putting on shirt sales, cake sales. And man, to tell you as a pastor how much that encourages my faith, increases my faith, I'll never have words to share. In fact, one Connect group through a yard sale raised $2,200 yesterday morning. Can we just celebrate that? And so we see that faith is really, really, really important. And so today I'm going to talk you through a story of a disciple and talk you through the process of what it looks like to walk by faith. All right? So we'll be in Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read 22 through uh, 32. And I'm going to pray over the message because I want it to come from him and not from me. And then we're going to dive in. Verse 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly be before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. 
But Jesus immediately said to them, everybody listen, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Verse 33, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray, church. Lord, we, man, we just thank you. Lord, even if I, <laughs> oh man, thank you for all we've already seen. And God, I just pray over this time, uh, God, is, uh, your word is powerful. And God, I pray that your word would do what you want. Lord, I know all of us have walked in different circumstances, different seasons of life, different faith journey. But God, I love that by your word, you can speak to all of our hearts individually. Uh, God, I just pray for that. I pray we would open our hearts to receive what you have. And God, I pray for myself. I do not want to preach a good sermon. I want everyone to see a good Savior. And so, Lord, help me to just preach as I ought. And God, I pray this message would activate faith, Lord, so that you would be glorified. And God, that you would just continue to move and work in our midst. I'm just so thankful. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I almost said go dogs in the prayers, but I held out. Just didn't feel like the right moment. Florida fans, sorry. But I love you too, man. I do. Um, now, I want to I bring you back to um, kind of this theme of, of worship. It's been on my heart. And I want to talk about worship, prayer, faith, and, and some of the things. And so... If you're new with us, if it's your first time here, first of all, I just say welcome. You find that we're a simple church. We've had one heartbeat for seven and a half, eight years, and that's to bring God glory, bring Jesus glory, and connect people to Jesus. And that really drives everything we do. Well, Connection Church began uh, in a basement living room, about 25, 30 people, and really that simple heartbeat. Okay, And I want to describe those gatherings because today, as I talk about worship, I'll, I want to talk about that root word. And, and the word worship, when you translate it down, what it means literally is to bow. Take the position of humility and bowing. It's this idea of, of offering, all right, of, of posturing our bodies um, before God and say, God, I surrender, I bow. And so in these early goings, I want you guys to know I got sent over here. I have no seminary degree. I had no pastoral experience other than the training I was receiving. I was here by faith that God, I felt like he had impressed on my wife and I to come and to start a church, all right? And me and a couple of families that were crazy, not, not crazy, they had enough faith to come. <laughs> um, and, and so that was kind of how the church started. And so before these gatherings in a basement, I would eat and fellowship, and we had really good food. And then I would walk upstairs to the bathroom, and I would get on my knees and bow right there on the mat. Like, this is going to be kind of gross, but forgive me. Uh, where you step out of the shower and dry your feet off, you know what I'm saying? 
there, there wasn't a lot of room in this bathroom, and I would bow with my face right there. I would at least put my hands over my face. And, um, and I would pray, and this is what I would ask God. God, I need you to move. Because if you don't move, nothing's going to happen. And, and really what began to happen in that living room is that people began to respond in faith. People began to take steps of obedience in faith. And in fact, I felt the Lord really leading me to leave one of our gatherings specifically. Because what we did every night is we prayed, we, we read the Bible, and we all shared what God's doing in our life and what our next step is. That's really how the church began. But this one night, I felt like the Lord wanted us to bow together and pray for the lost in our community. So there were 25 of us. And, and how many of you know, how many of you uh, grew up in church at least a little bit? Raise your hand a little bit. If you're not used to responding in church, you might not like me very much. But anyway, um, so for us, probably when we think of church, we think of a steeple and a chapel, and we think about coming into a very formal service. So the idea of singing with a group of people in a basement and then praying is already just a little bit awkward for a lot of us. Amen? Well, well now I'm asking this group to all get on our knees and bow. And that can just feel awkward too, right? But a lot of times it's uncomfortable obedience that God brings breakthrough. And so we got on our knees, y'all, and I led us in a prayer. And what we prayed for, God, we pray for the lost in our community. And God, we bow in worship and we bow in prayer and we say, God, would you move and would you have your way in our city? God has been faithful. Amen? And so I want you to know that he's not done working. He's not done moving. And so I believe God has honored those prayers of faith. Now this is what I want for all of us here. All of us can walk in God's freedom and we can walk by faith today. I want to walk you through today. The, the message is all about three words. Pretty simple, right? We can take it with us. If we understand these three words, I believe we can walk in peace. I believe we can walk in purpose. And we can walk in the freedom God has for us. And these are the three words. Take it with you. The sermon is going to be all about three words. Surrender, trust, and faith. Hear that again. Surrender, trust, and faith. And I believe if we can get that, God has great things for you. He's going to do great things through you, and this is just going to continue to get more awesome. And that's just a fact. You guys awake? Everybody good? Okay, good. All right. First of all, surrender. Let's go to it. So a little bit of context. You probably heard this idea of Peter and Jesus walking on the water if you've been in church for any length of time. But I want to talk you through the process that led up to Peter positioning himself to walk on water. All right? I want to talk you through that because a lot had to take place for a man who woke up and put his clothes on just like me and you to hear the voice of God and get out of a boat and literally walk on water. Now I want to share something with you. That happened. Literally. A lot of times we lead, read the Bible like it's some sort of childhood story. These things happened. There were eyewitness accounts. And so I want you to think about the reality that a real person walked on water. And let's talk through the process. First of all is surrender. To understand the posture of Peter's heart in surrender, we have to go back to when Peter was called. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. We'll start in verse 19. And, and so before I read, I want to give you some context 
Um, Peter was a fisherman. That was his trade. And I say it all the time. Fishermen have not changed for 2,000 years. They're scummy dudes. They don't dress real well. They probably cuss a lot. All right? 2,000 years. So, so Jesus shows up in Jerusalem, and he begins to preach, teach, and perform signs and miracles in the midst of these, uh, in the midst of these fishermen. And so one day, Peter is out on his job. He's out there fishing. And so what Jesus does is he comes and he speaks a word to Peter. He tells Peter, he says, listen, I want you to take your net and I want you to throw it on the other side of the boat. And so in one throw, Peter catches tons and tons of fish. As God gives one word, Peter catches fish. And so uh, Peter's eyes are opened in a moment that not only is he in the presence of a man preaching about the kingdom, he becomes aware that he's in the presence of the king of heaven. That he is uh, in the presence of the Savior. And Jesus gives an invitation. Jesus says, come and follow me. Notice he, when Peter discovered that he was in the presence of Jesus, he didn't say, Jesus, come and bless my fishing business. Jesus, I'm going to surrender my life and I'm going to go follow and take up your life. Super important right here. Listen to me, okay? Everyone here, when the Word of God is preached and when we sing praises to God, we encounter the presence of God. Now, the presence of God is doing one of two things, okay? If you know the Lord, if you're a disciple, uh, He will begin to teach you and He will uh, wake you up and, and He will begin to minister to you. If you don't know Jesus, God loves you so much that He will knock on the door of your heart and give you the same invitation, <laughs> So that's why I love preaching, I love the Word, I love Jesus, is that He's always working. And if you came in with doubt, the presence of God teaches us that He's real, right? There's just something different here, and this is the presence. And so when Peter discovered that he was in the presence of Jesus, Jesus gave an invitation, come and follow me. And he said, I will send you to fish for people. That's the great commission. When we're caught, we're called to go catch. Verse 20, it says, and at once... They left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. This is the picture of surrender. That they said, Jesus, I'm laying my life down. And I want to take up your life. And so, Peter, before we can talk about walking on water, we got to talk about the fact that Peter laid down his life and got out of his own boat. Make sense? So, so before we can walk on water, there comes a moment of surrender. And the minute we come to surrender, that presence knocking on the door comes on the inside, and in a moment we receive the love of God. We don't work for that love. We receive that love. Jesus paid the price on the cross. We let the love in. And in a moment, when we lay our lives down, we receive the love of God, and we become a disciple. Now, now take this word with you if you're taking notes. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, a learner. We begin to learn how to sit at the feet of Jesus with his word, by his spirit, and learn from him. And as we learn from him, we'll begin to look more and more like him in this process of sanctification. But I want you to know something that... In our culture, 
We hear people say they're, we hear the word Christian a lot, we don't hear disciple. Listen to me. There's no distinction between Christian and disciple. When we surrendered as Christians, we became disciples. Does that make sense? So a disciple is a follower. So when we surrender, we receive the presence. And, and listen, our lives begin to change, not from the outside, but from the inside out. That's good news, right? I mean, we've got some stuff. Jesus got to keep cleaning up on the inside. Amen. Thank God he starts here and not here because when he met me, this wasn't good. But what he started in here was good and it keeps growing, right? So, so here we go. What I love about our church is that we believe there are five healthy cultures of a believer. It's evangelism, that's telling others about Jesus, community, being a part of fellowship, serving, all right? Um, generosity, that's giving, and five is disciple-making, right? That we want to make disciples. So, so listen, when we receive the presence of God, we begin to be filled with the Spirit of God. And the Bible shows us that as we receive the presence and grow, this is what grows in our heart. We grow in love. We grow in peace. We grow in joy. All right? That's why we can laugh in church, because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So y'all don't be laughing at my jokes, man. Dadgummit. Come on, let's go. We can, we can laugh. We can have joy. It's, man, we are set free by God. And as we understand that freedom, love will grow, and we will begin to walk in love. And that's why when we walk in love and we're filled with God's presence and we're filled with the Spirit, we begin to desire to tell others. We begin to desire to serve. We begin to desire to give. We begin to desire the things that God wants. Now listen, this is why surrender is so important. Because if you try and do church without surrendering the love of God, what is designed to be a blessing will be a burden and you will hate it. Church will be an absolute burden, man. I'm just telling you. And if you never understood surrendering the love of God... Church has probably got a horrible taste in your mouth because Jesus didn't die on the cross for a church. He died on the cross for his people. And when the people gather, gather that brings together a church. Right? And so, so we, we, we see that there is this internal thing. The love of God comes, feels, moves us, and then we are compelled to the things of God. That's why I'm excited about this series because I don't want to compel you to do something. I'm praying for the love of God to come alive in your heart, and he's going to compel you to do something for him. It all comes from him. You guys awake now? I'm going to tell you. All right, good. So it starts with our surrender. Our surrender, we get his presence. Our presence leads us to love, to joy, to peace, and we begin to participate in those cultures. And that's the mark of a disciple. And so I want you to ask yourself the question, have you received the love of Christ? Because I don't want you to do one thing until you get his love. Don't give anything. Don't, don't do that. Just get his love. Get his love. And everything will flow from that. Now, second thing in this process, I want to talk about the word trust. I want to talk about the word trust. This is not religion. This is a relationship with the Savior. No relationship can be formed apart from trust. I walk and counsel marriages all the time that are struggling. And the number one issue is trust. That, that we, we have to begin to, in any relationship that's healthy, there's trust involved. And so in a healthy relationship with God, we have to begin to learn how to trust Him, right? 
And as we trust Him, you're going to find a greater source of trust in your horizontal relationships as well. You've got to receive a love from heaven to have a healthy love on earth. And so we, we, we trust Him, and then we begin to have trust in our relationships. Let's go back to Matthew 14. I want to read Peter. So Peter laid his net down. He got out of his boat. And now we're going to see God call him into another boat. So, starting in verse 22. It says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Now, something about God's presence and his love you're not going to get it as you go. If Jesus had to stop, get alone and pray, I want to encourage you, believer, we got to get alone and pray too. And so later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Let's talk about trust here. So we got to learn some context. So, so Peter got out of the boat, he began to follow Jesus, he surrendered his life, and then now he is learning how to trust Jesus at his word. So when Jesus would speak, they began to trust, even if it didn't make sense. So before this, right before Jesus says, hey, go get on that boat and ride into a storm that looks like it's going to blow you over, Jesus took a few loaves of bread and he fed 5,000 people with them. So they literally watched the man who keeps claiming to be the Son of God, they watched him take a handful of bread and feed the multitudes. Now, now I ain't saying we might not have it all the way, but I, if I'm them disciples, you got to start thinking, hey, he may be telling the truth. This is the Son of God, right? How many of you have seen God do something miraculous in your life? Now, here's the frustrating part. How quickly do we forget? We look at the disciples and we get frustrated of like, how in the world, if he multiplied bread, could he forget so quickly? Well, here's the deal, man. I've seen a lot of Sundays where I've seen God do things that I said, God, I'll never doubt and just worship and praise and then you wake up on Monday morning, and you're like, it, what happened? Y'all, anybody feel that way? So this is what happens, is that Jesus is teaching us how to trust him. We need to trust him when we feel it, and we need to trust him when we don't. And so we see that trust is essential. And so Peter obeys the voice of God. God says to go get on the boat. He obeys and y'all listen, I'm going to talk about getting close enough to hear his voice, but if you want to hear the voice of God, open up your Bible and read it. God's already said a whole lot. God's already said a whole lot. And so as you read it, just obey it. I, man, I could, I could get off on some stories. Y'all say, but stay on track. All right, so listen. Just as you take, it's just like the song we sing, take him at his word. And it's true, every single word. So he begins to trust him and take him at his word and Jesus gives them a command. Because even in the midst of their journey, they still encountered fear. They encountered doubt. They didn't know if the storm would blow them over. They didn't know who this ghost figure was coming onto the water. And here's the deal. Jesus is wanting to teach them 
that the very man who multiplied bread is the very man that's in control of the storms of your life. That he's wanting to teach them no, no matter what storm you walk into, we serve a God who is the author and the perfecter of faith, and if he sends you into something, he is sufficient to bring you through something in him. And so we're looking at faith. And, and I just want to let you know, I believe God wants us, courage and faith is a word for us today. I think one of the things we need the most in America and in our lives, what we're praying for, is peace. How many of you, don't raise your hand, wake up to fear, worry, and anxiety, and it grips you to the death? That you wake up and there is not enough time in the day? There's not enough money in the bank account. There's not enough uh, time. And we're gripped by fear. And the reason why, I believe that God is wanting to teach us how to patiently wait on Him. Teaching us how to spend time with Him. To understand His presence. And the one thing about His presence is this. In His presence is fullness of joy. Jesus said, I don't give you as the world gives you. He says, peace I leave you with. Peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives you. But if we're not in his presence, we can't get his peace. And we're going to go look for peace at something in the world that's going to continue to rob us of peace, purpose, joy, and love. This, I'm telling you, if you tune me out the rest of the day, that is a message for us. That is a message for us today. And that we have to begin you to trust God. And trust God all the way to the elemental functions of life. Listen, there are two ways to live life every day. You can live life in fear or you can live life in faith. Every day. That, that fear says, fear looks at all that's going on in the world, all that's going on in the country, all that's going on in everything else. And instead of looking from the perspective of we have a God that's in control, all the mountains are crashing down on top of us and we're crippled by fear. We don't have to live there. God delivers us from there to show that we actually can walk with Him in this earth. Second thing, we can either live by the flesh or by the Spirit. And the flesh, Galatians 5, shows us what's going to come out. Anger, bitterness, rage. The Spirit says that we are filled with love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We live in a world that desperately needs people that know how to walk with God. We, we need to know how to walk with God. That only happens through surrender and with trust. Too many people, we live plugging holes in our boat when we're called to live life in another boat. <laughs> we're plugging life, we're plugging holes in a boat that won't get us to heaven. That God calls us to something greater than crippling fear. Now, I want to share in my own life, this series is a faith series, a lot for me. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, this, I'm seven years into this preaching thing, and I can, I am, you're watching me grow in my relationship with God. I'm not above anyone in here. I'm a disciple of Christ that's taken my place in the body. But if you have the Spirit, you're a part of the same body I am. And Jesus is the senior pastor of this body, and I'm the under-shepherd. And so what this series is about is, by faith, I believe God is take, telling us to take a next step to have a house of worship and prayer for Him, a new gathering place right over here. And with that, requires steps of faith financially. I want to tell y'all, I do not enjoy talking about finances one little bit. 
It, it, it does not give me joy. But let me tell you this. When God has prompted me by faith to preach His Word and to talk about things that may not necessarily be comfortable, I have seen a release of His grace and blessing like I've never seen before. I so had to trust Him last weekend. And y'all listen, counting this morning service, we've had 12 people come to faith in Jesus since last Sunday. Because I have people tell me all the time, like, man, you've got such a young congregation and all these young families and talking about money and affording. Listen, um, when Jesus is taking the lead in our church and in these young families, we don't have to worry. Amen? If we keep it about Jesus and what he says, we're going to continue to learn and grow. Because there are some principles to learn about surrender, trust, and faith as it comes to money. Listen, when we surrender our lives to Christ, the tithe is simply the, the surrender trust principle that we trust God that 100% is all his. We've surrendered it. We've gotten out of the boat. We've dropped our nets. And we just say, God, I trust you with this amount. It's trust to God. It's not about the church. It's about your relationship with God. It's not about giving to something. It's about giving to Him to say, I trust you. And so these are the elementary teachings. And y'all, I just want to repent as a pastor. If I've not made that clear and that's come from fear, I just want to repent to you because that's not right. That God has called me to preach His Word and I don't want you to miss out on a life of faith walking with God. Because if we don't understand God's principles in our 20s and 30s, we're going to miss out on His blessing and faith in our 50s and 60s. That we have to begin to learn God's order. And as we come under God's uh, way, we're going to receive uh, the, what God has for us. We're going to see more in our life because it all comes from Him. Now listen, there's tithe, that's surrender. Now trust, this is where we start getting into the principle of offering. Offering is a worshipful gift uh, to God or to God's people. I want to tell a story, a couple stories if I had time. This is already going to go way over. Y'all say, stay on track, Buck. Stay on track. Years ago, there was a, a time when we were, we were early on in our church, and um, we were going on a trip. We were going on a trip called uh, Engage Global, and this trip was all about evangelism uh, and missions. And so uh, I knew this would be a good trip, and I invited uh, uh, AJ along, and we were both early on in this life of the church, and, um, and I just knew it would be a good trip. And so on this trip, there, there came a moment where, first of all, both of us were at a point in our life we were just scraping pennies. Can I get a witness? Amen? It ain't changed a whole heck of a lot. But anyhow, um, but it was this moment where there was a financial situation that, that the money was not provided for us to go on the trip. And so I just said, hey, let's go. God will work it out. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how God was going to work it out. The night before the trip, one of the members of our church he knocked on my door about 9, 9.30, and your boy's in PJs at 9.30 on a nightly basis, okay? So it's a little bit awkward. And he knocked on the door, and he said, the Lord spoke to me, and he told me to give you this money. I don't know what it's for, but you'll know the need. He and I got to go on that trip, and I think you'd agree it was life-changing. God ignited a faith that now you're beginning to look at this spiritual gift uh, being used to bring people into the kingdom of God through the obedience of one person's offering by faith with his money. Can we just celebrate and say thank you to God? I mean, what, what would have happened? And so we see there's surrender trust, and now we got one more word. It's the word faith. 
Write that word down. It's the word faith. And really, faith, y'all, everybody awake? Y'all good? All right. So faith is the umbrella that surrender, trust, faith goes under. That really, we were saved by grace through faith. It takes faith to surrender everything to God. Amen? It takes faith to lay down everything. It takes faith to take our fishing nets and put them at the feet of Jesus and say, I'm, I'm in. It takes faith. It takes faith to be all in. It takes faith to trust His Word even when we can't see it. And then it takes faith to take big steps of faith. So let's look at Peter's story. Verse 29. Or I'm sorry, let's go to 28. So they're afraid. Jesus says, take courage. I'm here. We need to trust that. And then Peter. Also know that Peter got the keys to lead the church, the first sermon. It says, Peter... Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Now let's talk about faith. Faith is hearing the voice of God to get out of a boat into something that is impossible. No one has ever walked on water. And Jesus did it. And he called Peter to do something that he could not see. And he says, come. Now listen, I do want to share. God speaks to us and he puts specific people in our heart. He puts specific amounts of things. He, he, he puts specific scriptures in our heart. He gives us people to reach out to. He gives us specific next steps, right? And so God speaks to us. But listen, I'm not calling people to go because even Peter said, Jesus, is this you? I'm not calling you to do something crazy on your own. I'm calling you to listen to the voice of God and obey his voice. Big difference. But Peter said, God, I, I want to be close to you. I want to follow you. Is it you, Jesus? Is this your voice and not mine? And Jesus says, come. And he got out, and y'all, he walked on water. This is the next level of faith. Okay, now listen. We surrender. We receive God. We begin to trust God at his word and obey what his word already says in the areas of our life. Now faith is learning how to discern the voice of God. Now let me, let me read John 10, how this works out. 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Not even the wind can snatch us. Not even the storm can snatch us in the ocean. Amen. And so Peter got out of the boat, and he began to walk on water. I want to ask you a question. I want you to write this down. What is the water in your life God's calling you to walk into? What is the thing that, as Christian or not, regardless of which boat you're in, where have you been plugging holes in your boat just trying to swat sin or keep what you got and fall into heaven when he's calling you to answer his voice and walk by faith. He did not call us 
to fear our way, swat and sin and fear in our life, and hopefully stumble into heaven. He called us to repent, receive, walk by faith, and walk right through the cross, right into heaven to be with him forever. What are the things in your life? Maybe it's not something he's calling you to walk into. What by faith is he calling you to walk out of? What is he calling you to get out of the boat and walk out of? The very thing you've been uh, living in is the very thing that's draining you. It's the very thing that's keeping you from God's presence, God's purpose, and God's power in your life so that we can live life as he intended. And I want to tell you, that's where love, joy, peace, and all the things are at is with him. Now, this is the good news about walking by faith. How many of you know it's scary to walk by faith? Y'all, listen, in one year, we were in our mid-20s. We made a lot of really good money. And all in a matter of months, God had called us to surrender, and we had $30,000 to live on next year, guaranteed. With no, we didn't know how that was going to work, but we knew we had been called. We knew we had been called. And, and here's the deal. God's not going to show you all the story, or it's not walking by faith. I saw this before I got here, but I knew that there were steps that had to happen for it to happen. And there are no guarantees in walking by faith. The only guarantee is that he'll be with you as you step. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. What is he calling you to walk into? And here's the good news about walking by faith. It's about a pursuit, not perfection. Peter began to walk on the water, and he got sidetracked, and he took his eyes off Jesus, and he put his eyes on the storm, and he began to sink. And this is the faith battle we face every day in our life. How good is it that when we step out of the boat, even when we stumble, we'll never fall? Even when we trip up, there's a Savior who will pick us up. It's like when a baby starts walking. I've never seen a parent watch a child take a first step, second step, third step, and fall and get upset. We cheer, we, we rally because that child is learning how to walk. As a pastor, that's what brings my life joy is to watch you, God, start a work in your heart, and you begin to walk in it by faith, doing things that you know apart from him. Man, I could never do this, but he's faithful. And let's, let, me, let me share, because we're about to worship together. We're going to check out what God's doing in our church, and we're about to worship together. But let's look in the story. Jesus brings correction in verse 31. It says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and called him. And he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly are, you are the Son of God. All the disciples got to experience Jesus in worship because Peter got out of the boat. Listen, you never know, when you get out of the boat and take your step, you never know what God's doing with your step. I guarantee you, someone has been impacted by these 11 that took their step. I guarantee you God has spoken to your heart because of someone. That's the double blessing. When God calls you out of a boat and he calls you to step on water, you don't know how it's going to go, but I'll tell you how it's going to go. God's going to be with you if it's from him. Not only is he going to walk with you and bless you, but he'll use your step to bless people around you. That's the blessing. And so I want to share, as you meditate, I want you to pray, Lord, what are you calling me to do? And now I want to talk about the corporate body because a church grows just like a person. I want to share with you, if you're new here, our next step of faith of being all in in the generosity initiative. You guys check this video out.
Can we thank the Lord for what he's done? Our gather team, how hard they work. So, so that's our next step corporately, but I want to bring it to an individual level. I want you to think right now, um, that idea of surrender, trust, faith. And what I love about those three words is that they're never-ending for the believer. You've been walking with Jesus for 40 years, or today's the first day. We just continue to learn how to do those three things. And so, I just want you to bow your heads, and I want to share something with you as we get ready to worship in response. Paul said this, he said, I resolve to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And so I just want you to imagine for a second Jesus Christ on the cross. Because those are words that we've probably heard before, but I want you to really think about it because that really happened. God really sent His Son out of heaven to earth. He lived a perfect life you and I could never live. And that cross you're looking at, He hung up on it and He died for us. Everything we do is because of that man and what he did on that cross. Everything, every step we serve, we love, we give, we, we, we gather because of God who would send His Son Jesus on the cross. And today, I just want to pray. I believe if you're here today and you say, nope, I've never surrendered. I've never surrendered to that man on the cross. I've never received what he's done for me. And today's the first time. If that's you today, as you look at that man on the cross, as you think about Jesus and what he's done, I'm just going to ask you to trust and as an extension of faith, if you'd say, today I'm ready to have a relationship with that man on the cross. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you, would you lift your hand as an extension of faith? Is that anyone in the house? Amen. I see you, young man. Would you keep it up? If you raise your hand, we just want to give you some content to help you. Is there anyone else today that would say, today's the day of salvation? Is there anyone else in the house? Amen. I see you, sister. Praise the Lord. If you would, just keep it up. If you would, just keep it up. We've got uh, prayer partners that are coming to give you some information to help you. Is there anyone else? I want to give it just a minute. Amen. Lord, for the rest of us, may we all ask our hearts as we get ready to worship God, what are you calling us to surrender? What area of our life are you calling us to trust you? What step of faith have you been whispering to us that we're wrestling with obeying? God, I pray for this church. I love you so much. God, it is, my, it is a privilege to serve. And God, I thank you for the grace needed to deliver the message. I pray, God, as I believe I've said what you wanted, I pray we would do as God's people what you call us to do. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, let's celebrate two new sisters coming into the kingdom of God. Let's stand and worship King Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.